Hello? That was a very suspicious hello. It was, because I wasn't sure if it was recording yeah. or not. No one will, no else will have seen that. <laughs> uh, they'll notice by... No, they won't notice by a long gap at the start. Uh, hello. Hello, good evening, welcome. Welcome to a Series 2, Episode 4 of Just Another Football Podcast with me, Danny Miller. And me, Josh Bentley. Um, so again, loads to talk about this week. Uh, loads to talk about this week. Loads to talk about this week. Um, but we're going to start off... We're going to go straight in to the podcast um, while Bolton are 1-0 up. And we're going to talk about Bolton. We're going to start with Bolton. I think this is the first time we've been leading in a match in longer than... Oh, it's on, it's on Sky Sports News. Yeah, it is. Politics. has Politic. Politic. Well, isn't that apt? Um, oh, oh. Hey, they're, they're showing the goal right now oh. at the Bolton oh. Wanderers Stadium. Oh! Oh! oh. Oh, oh dear me. Nightmare. I mean, the stepovers were incredible. Yeah. The keeper's made an absolute pig's ear of that. He has, and after that long-range strike that's taken a deflection, we're going to talk firstly about uh, one particular signing, which is making me support Bolton Wanderers even more now, and that's Daryl Murphy. Oh, yeah, I'd seen that. I couldn't it's quite wonderful. believe that that's happened. Uh, Keith Hill's been appointed as uh, Bolton manager. He's from Bolton. Um... I know he's not Kevin Nolan. I know he's not um, a, a big name, but do you think he's somebody that can take you but, out of the division? But on a more realistic note, he's a ma- like he's a manager with a lot of League One experience, yeah, uh, and sort of like positive experience, like as good as Kevin Nolan would be. It's like the equivalent of Lampard or Solskjaer, and with sort of seeing that that maybe isn't a, the best long-term option. So. Yeah. And uh, you've brought in some experience. Liam Bridker, uh, Daryl Murphy, as I've mentioned. Will Buckley's back at the club. Did he go Euro 2016, Daryl Murphy? Uh, with Ireland? Yeah. Yeah, I think That's so. a bit of a fall from grace, don't you he, think? He, he, pl- he was playing for us at the time. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, I think it's a great. I think he's a great signing. He'll bang He'll the goals, bang in, the goals in, in league. Uh, you made yeah. nine signings yesterday on yeah, deadline. Very day. happy with that, uh, which is very good. And hopefully we'll see more of that. They've just named for tonight's game. They've just named the youngest Bolton squad. Uh, Bolton starting eleven ever. Four of which are seventeen. How long would you have to go back for Newcastle to have made nine signings? What in one day? No, like your last nine signings. <sighs> Three transfer windows, three or four transfer windows. Yeah, okay, happy with that. It's very, very good, uh, I would say. Well, bear in mind you had two players before. I think you've done well now that you've got eleven to put out on the pitch. Uh, yes, indeed. Um, all right, let's move on to the Premier League. We'll keep updated with Bolton. In more important going. news, yes. Yeah. Um, we're going to start with the early kickoff on Saturday. It was Southampton versus Manchester United. Uh, it finished one all. In all competitions, Manchester United have won more away games at St Mary's against Southampton than any other side. That's 10 wins. Uh, another quick start. Daniel James, after scoring only four four career goals before joining Manchester United, has now scored three this season. Three quality goals as well. Great goal. Uh, yes, brilliant finish. Um, Got to give some credit to... Who was it... Uh, Sort of took the defender away. There was a run made yeah, on the left. Comment, yeah, but you know, great finish. Yeah, uh, and he's looking pretty good after the first few games. You think he's going to become one of like um, the key players for Manchester United this season? Well, or... yeah, he's a sort of rare shining light in that United side. Um, Vestergaard scored. But... Literally, just come on the TV. Yeah, you know? 
as we literally talk about it. Um, but United's defence, Manchester United's defence. He is like ridiculously tall. Yeah, he's like six five or something, six six, something like that. He's big guy. Yeah, I felt a bit sorry for Lindelof to be honest, because <laughs> so did I, and I didn't understand why Maguire wasn't marking him. Well, it was like the next phase of play on, so they'd all sort of dropped off their men. Yeah, it was silly, silly, yeah. silly. silly. But um, so I was listening. Uh, I was listening to um, football writers last night, and they were saying like, as much as you can blame United's defence, really their deficiencies are actually at the other end of the pitch because they just don't have options going forward. Yeah. Like they don't have quality up front. Like they need to be blowing teams. Like we're seeing, like the the teams lower down the league are actually very competitive, and if if there's one goal. One goal in it. There's every chance it's going to be them, but and and uh, this is even found even more weird by the fact they've just let Alexis Sanchez go and they're paying him a hundred and seventy five thousand pound a week still. Yeah, like I know he might not be the answer to their questions, but surely he's got more to offer than like he's got more Premier League experience and probably can do a little bit more than Mason Greenwood can at this current time. Mm. Not saying that in the future, but. At this current time, he can definitely uh, he can definitely score some goals for them. It did take Dan James four games to match Alexis Sanchez's yeah, United tally. That That's is quite true. an amusing stat. Um, even more worryingly for Solskjaer than the attacking um, like prowess of his team, which is limited. Um, here are some stats. Uh, he's won 17, drawn 6 and lost 10 of his competitive games in charge of Manchester United, giving him a 51% win percentage, which is pretty good. However, he's not led his side to a single win away from home since he was appointed the full-time manager. And following the draw at Southampton, Man United have just one clean sheet in 19. They've also only won three of the last 16 matches and have only... W- and. Th- getting back to the attackers, have only won by more than a one-goal margin on one occasion since March the 6th. Mm. Which is worrying for Manchester for a Manchester United side. I remember when uh, when uh, Old Trafford was a fortress, like nobody wanted to go there. And mm. at, the, at this moment in time... Is that me? It, it is worrying. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's... Um... This, oh, how can I describe this? About, like, De Gea, big tick, great keeper. Wambasaka, big tick. Maguire, big tick. Lindelof. Potential. Potential. Sure. Sure, he's in, for me, he's injured far too often. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and like for me, like someone like Lind under under a Sir Alex Lindelof would not be the first choice centre half. He'd be the centre half who he gives enough game time to to develop him. Whilst there, like you think of the centre half combinations under Ferguson, Vidic and Ferdinand, Yapstam yeah. um, and whoever else it was. Um, before that, it was like David May and Ronnie Johnson and stuff like that. Uh, just they're a bit leaky. They don't. Like, where does Pogba play? What's well, his that position? Is the, that is the question. What's his it? position? He, he, one week he's, he's the number 10 and he creates fuck all. And then the next week he plays him deeper and he picks the ball up off the defence, tries to do a trick, 
gets knocked over and then just lies on the floor like looking like someone's killed his cat. I don't think he I don't think Pogba has the work rate to play in defensive midfield like he is a more traditional like box to box star midfielder. Mm-hmm. But he's he's too lazy at the moment like I feel like at the moment under Solskjaer get he's getting away with a lot like he is lazy and that like he'll he, you've seen him he'll fly forward but then he won't get back. He'll like last week for the goal last week, this he just might, didn't track his man. This might be a little bit controversial, but you know when Barcelona do lose, uh-huh. and I'm not saying necessarily that Messi is the only player guilt in that team guilty of this because he's not at all. But like Pogba comparatively is like Barcelona's Messi in terms yeah. of like amount of he's revenue. The yeah, yeah, he's he? a superstar. Like when Barcelona, like when they lost to Liverpool four 0 last, like defensively and actually you could probably apply this to all of Barcelona's attacking players defensively actually they do go missing at times because they don't have to be defensively sound in 99% of the games they play and actually Pogba is built to play in a team that just batters everyone every week but I think as well and just remember this because it doesn't happen very often just to play devil's advocate for a second like Pogba is often seen as a sort of um, like a scapegoat for Man United. Mm. I think at the moment there's a lot worse, like a lot um, worse things going on at Manchester United than Paul Pogba being there. Although, for me, I feel like Paul Pogba is one of the main issues at Manchester United, and that sort of is he going to stay? Is he not going to stay? Is the kind of um, is kind of putting Man United in this limbo at the moment like they don't know whether they're coming or going and I think that's why, one of the why doesn't things. he just come out and say I'm staying because he doesn't want to stay but then why doesn't he just you gotta you gotta you know you gotta be yeah I think what would fix this and I think Man United fans have seen, been saying this for a while is that they need a director of football between the manager and between um, Ed Woodward and I think I that think might sort as them out. Many people who know about football between Edward Wood and the football side. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, anyway, back to the game. Uh, Danzo um, got a red card for two yellows. Um, fair? Yeah, it was a shame, really, because actually he looks like quite a decent decent yeah. footballer. Um, I got a bit confused because there, there is a Brazilian central midfielder called Danzo as well. Oh, is there? Yeah, a sort of an older vintage, so I was a bit like... <laughs> it's confused. not the same guy. No. Um, um, I really, really rate Hassan Hootel. Yeah? Uh, you should listen to the Football Writers Podcast. Sure. It's great. It's for, it's like journalists who actually know what they're on about. And they like were, this podcast. They were, yeah. <laughs> they were comparing Lampard's appointment at Chelsea with Hassan Hootel at Southampton, and they've gone, yeah. look at Hassan Hootel's CV. Yeah. Like, he's actually got credentials yeah whereas whilst Lampard is an absolute legend of Chelsea managerial wise he doesn't actually have that many no, credentials I completely agree with that but you just wouldn't imagine someone like Hassan Hootel walking into the Chelsea job even though he'd probably actually do a really good job yeah yeah that's fair um, penalty on Mason Greenwood second half um, I've written here not clear and obvious yeah I've put um, not for me 50-50 based on if those sorts of challenges have been being turned over on VAR in the last few weeks, then I probably would have said, yeah, but actually it's exactly the type of challenge that hasn't been being overturned. Yeah. Uh, well, nothing's being overturned, which we'll get onto later. Um, 
the last player I want to talk to uh, uh, talk about with regards to Southampton is Angus Gunn mm. uh, I thought even though Man United weren't that good and probably only had half chances when he was called upon he was very good mm. he's not actually had the easiest start to the season he was very good last year when he came into the team um, he was, he's been very good for the under 21s in the last couple of years as well yeah, and I hope that he can get some England minutes under his belt mm-hmm. at some point because he probably is the next cab off the rank. Do you think? Yeah, after Heaton and Pope, because like you can't see Hart or Forster forcing their way back in. Well, am I missing someone? He's not in this squad. Mm-hmm. Heaton, Pickford, and Pope have been. We're going to talk about this later. Um, but if he carries on playing like how he is, and I think Southampton are playing fairly well, even though I still think they'll be down there at the end of the season. Because I don't think they've got an out-and-out striker. Um, I think that if he carries on performing as he is, like he did on Saturday, he'll be in contention for a, for a little cheeky place in the mm. uh, in the squad come the next tournament. Yeah, 100%. You never know what's going to happen with injuries as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, anything else to say on the game? Uh, no, we've whittled on about it for quite a while. We have, yeah. Uh, Crystal Palace 1, Aston Villa 0. Lots to talk about here. Only Man City, Liverpool and Arsenal have won more Premier League games in 2019 than Crystal Palace. Well, in fact, since beating Fulham at the start of February, only Man City and Liverpool have earned more Premier League points than Crystal Palace. Um, not a great first half, let's be honest. Well, a 1-0 game is never going to be. Um, both teams look poor, but Tom Heaton made some good saves, um, yeah. I thought. Um, uh, first thing I want to talk about is the Trezeguet red cards. They were just two really needlessly clumsy <laughs> challenges. <laughs> they were just stupid, weren't they? But, but what made it, what made it even better, tackle. what I love is he just didn't, he like looked at the ref and then thought, mm, yeah, actually, can't really <laughs> complain about either of <laughs> yeah. these. He just looked like, oh, what the fuck have yeah. I done that for? Idiot, idiot. Yeah. Um, similar to the Danzo second yellow, just silly tackles. And actually, cards. maybe a challenge that in the previous league he was playing in and maybe got away with yeah but, fair mm. um, we're I think we're going to eat a little bit of humble pie on the uh, John Neu oh, he, he spent a lot of fucking time not scoring yes, he's got a fair. long way I mean well played like two in a row decent but he's got a long way and to it was go. a very good goal yes you have to say um, however let's talk about the big talking point from this game Henry Lansbury's goal ruled out. I've never seen Jermaine Genus get so emotional about something. I've never seen Jermaine Genus say anything of note until Saturday. Oh, Wambasaka's pulled out the England squad. Well, that means Carl Walker might get called up then. Mm. Um, Live, heard it here first. Yeah. Um, what the hell was going through Kevin Friend's mind when he ruled that goal off? Yeah, what have I written here? Jack was he? He was booked for diving when he's passed the ball to a teammate. Yeah, I don't understand. Like he, he did fall to the floor. Yeah, but it was he was sort of avoiding running into another player, and he was pushed in the back. Yeah. So what I don't get, and I will be saying probably the same thing throughout the rest of the podcast, and I've said it f- for the whole weekend. Right, the problem is not VAR. The problem is the referees don't know how to implement it. Yeah. Or don't know how to use it properly. But they've been told, once, apparently once you've blown a whistle, 
You can't. Yeah. Do so it. why why has Kevin Friend blown his whistle? He should let the play go on, yeah, and then it should it. be reviewed by. Yeah, but but they've been told to think twice about it, and like the my, one of my times. big issues, one of my big issues, and I didn't realise until yesterday when I was listening to six or six or something like that that the referees actually had screens at the side of the pitch that they can go and see. Mm-hmm. No referee has gone to look at the screen at the side of the pitch in the first four game weeks. In 40 games, I can't recall seeing one referee go to the side of the pitch and look at the screen. That, yesterday, was the perfect opportunity for Kevin Friend to go and have a look to see if he'd made the right decision. Mm-hmm. Don't blow your whistle, let the goal stand, then go and review your decision. And that is the issue with it, is that... They just don't know how to use it properly. Yeah, agree. Um, Palace probably deserved the win, but neither team were particularly uh, mm-hmm. exciting. Um, obviously, Palace's record has been very good. Are they kind of an underdog for like a top ten? They Palace at a like when a game's not exciting. That's where Roy Hodgson absolutely comes into his own. He is a master at making a team fucking boring but when the other team's like not having the good like a good day they'll always win 1-0 yeah that's fair that's definitely fair and on Aston Villa incredibly unlucky yeah VAR was brought in to eradicate shit like that yeah and it's ugh yeah ugh. I completely agree um anything else on that game uh, alright then Chelsea next Chelsea 2 Sheffield United 2 the average age of Chelsea's starting eleven against Sheffield United was 24 years and 158 days, their youngest ever in a Premier League match. And Tammy Abraham became the first Englishman to score at least two goals in consecutive Premier League appearances since... Who? When? For Chelsea or in general? For Chelsea. Uh, Lampard? Yeah. In um, January 2010. Yeah. Um, poor from Henderson for the first goal, I would say. He's yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot going on around him, but you just got to be assertive in your own yeah. box. I felt like he, he did make up for it with a couple of saves later on. Uh, Dean Henderson's actually a keeper. Uh, I think he's got a big future ahead of him. He's on loan from Man United, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. Um, however, Chelsea dominated the first half. It was kind of routine Chelsea, you would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of vintage, what we've seen over the last few years of them just turning up and dominating the game. However... Um, I think a lack of experience and a bit of complacency crept in, especially yes. early in the second half. Um, Chelsea asleep at the back. They're just struggling a little bit with the balance of the midfield. As in, they're leaving themselves very open at the back. Because uh, we're yeah. seeing, like... Uh, is, is Kante injured again? Because he didn't play at the weekend, did he? He's no, just got a like, little knock. Yeah. And we're seeing, like, as Pilaqueta... Uh, Especially so, like Azpilicueta has been a fabulous servant for Chelsea. We're just seeing actually when he gets isolated defensively, he's struggling to cope a little bit because obviously when you've not got the support, it's it's very hard to yeah. do anything. Um, and I think Lampard, even though he wanted to bring, was it Tamuri? Wanted mm-hmm. to bring Tamuri in. I think, he started at the weekend, Tamuri. Yeah, yeah. Even though he's wanted to, he, well, he brought him in to start him. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it was the right call in that game. Because not they, next to not next to Zuma. Not next to Zuma not because new. as we said last week, you kind of what Chelsea need is they need a back five that is going to be consistent and they need to get to know each other's game. Mm-hmm. Especially Zuma, he can 
do anything. But equally, with only you know three fit centre halves, do you take the risk in playing them game after game after game and then losing another one to injury? Yeah, that, I, I, yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, and actually, Zuma scored the equaliser. Um, and that, that's just summed net. up his start to the season, really. I think. Yeah, Lampard won't be happy with that start, and he won't be happy that they lost. They they came back from yeah two goals down. It's the first time they've conceded in all four, well, in their opening four Premier League games. Before we talk about Sheffield United, I mean, it just comes on the telly every time we talk about it. Um, just before we talk about Sheffield United, is this a free hit season for Lampard, do you think, in terms of he hasn't been able to sign anyone, he hasn't been able to put his own stamp on the team, really, even though he's brung, brought a lot of youngsters in, he hasn't been able to put his own stamp on the team. If he doesn't make Europe this season, do you think people will be asking questions, or is he? Going to I, I think away he with it? he's got to be given not a, not a free hit because if you've got a free hit, you'd play five up front, wouldn't you, and see if you can absolutely batter teams that way. But like, what's the point in bringing someone that else in? Like, they can't they can't buy anyone. Well, what's the What's the point in getting a man getting a new manager in? then they're just going to revert back to the same old ways that they've been for the last few seasons. Yeah, where exactly. Chelsea fans haven't been happy. I would say since Rafa was there, I would say Chelsea fans haven't necessarily been that happy with the managers that have been in place. There, I think there is actually quite a lot to be positive about with Chelsea. Like bringing some of the youngsters, like Abraham scoring goals, like we Mount. doubted whether he'd be able to score goals at leading the line for yeah. Chelsea. Um, six consecutive goals scored by Englishmen. For Chelsea, that's very good. Yeah. Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham, I assume. Uh, yes. Um, I've probably not got any other English players in the squad. In terms of Sheffield United, um, Chris Wilder spoke in his post-match press conference about. Um, well, pe- people said that they looked like a Championship side in the first half, and and Wilder came out and said that they've gone to one of the biggest stages in world football and, and got a result and they should be very proud of themselves which they should of course they've had a very good start to the season mm-hmm. can this continue? yeah I think so he definitely looks like he nip, nips up to the uh, fish and chip wagon at half time he, doesn't, he, does, yeah, he, he doesn't do much running on the training yeah. pitch does he? he you know what this three at the back thing that he's got going on I think is um, with the sort of attacking centre backs I think is 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 very good but I I do worry about when they face better sides or when they sort of get found out I think there's going to be oh god can you imagine when they play City I can't I can't see a plan B for them at the moment Um, like they looked helpless in the first half mm-hmm. they looked absolutely helpless you've got um, to give him credit though they did they did tweak and fix it yeah yeah that's fair definitely that's fair but I do think that he doesn't have, like... I can't see them... The players they've got suit the system that they play. Mm-hmm. And if they ask to change system, if something happens, I do worry that maybe they just haven't got enough. Yes. And even though they've had a very good start, we saw last season with Cardiff, they had a few good results. They did pretty well. Um, at certain points in the season but in the end it just wasn't enough and you know I think we've both got them getting relegated this season but and, and both in 18th probably um, it's going to be so close it's going to be bottom. so tight it's going to be so tight 
Um, every team's beating every other team. That's the thing. Do you think it's going to be one of those seasons where like four, you don't need 40 points to get safe, but there's not going to be like a team cast adrift at the bottom, potentially? Yeah. There's um, going to be a load of teams on that like mid-30s amount of points. Well, a team that is fairly cut adrift at the moment is Watford. Um, the It finished 1-1. Sticking the knife in. Love it. On uh, on Saturday, after one minute and eighteen seconds, Will Hughes' opener for Watford is the Hornets' second fastest ever goal in the Premier League. Got that right here. After Eddie well. scored after thirty-two seconds versus Leicester in November twenty sixteen. Yeah. I think actually being on match of the day was a compliment because the game was fucking diabolical. Oh, did did shit. you watch the whole I thing? Did. It was dreadful. Yeah, I mean, I've not really written much. Um, big injury list for Newcastle at the moment, which is a big worry. Uh, Richie out for two months, mm-hmm. and for me you could tell in the first half that he was missing there was no one barking orders he's kind of like a second captain yeah on the pitch uh, he's kind of for me an unsung hero of Newcastle he doesn't sound Scottish does he? Uh, he you know he'd never been to Scotland uh, yeah, before his first Scotland called up yeah um, um, I can just imagine him barking in like a really thick Glaswegian yeah. accent <laughs> um, Will Hughes obviously scored do you remember when Will Hughes was going to be like England's Messi? When he was like 16 or something. And fabulous did, talent. He was at Derby, wasn't he? Yeah. He is, I mean, he's a good player. Yeah, yeah. He's, I, mean, I don't know if Watford was the move for him. Yeah, maybe personally. not. Um, I thought Newcastle were unlucky with the deflection, but the defence should have done better in general. Yeah, it, it, was, quite, uh, it was quite unfortunate, really. Well, I mean, once it happened, there wasn't really much that could be done. Um, should Hayden have had a penalty? Uh, I didn't write... Uh, didn't I? I'm surprised I didn't write anything, anything down for that. Uh, I think no. Yeah, he got the ball. Yeah, the, the, that's the, probably why I didn't write anything down. Um, the another thing that wasn't shown on match of the day that happened in game and has been talked about a little bit um, after the game was that there was a moment in the match where Almiron uh, was played through, and the flag was raised and the and the referee blew his whistle for offside. Mm-hmm. And Almiron was in for a goal-scoring opportunity and the referee blew his whistle. And was he actually onside? And he was onside. Ah. So, just for anybody listening that doesn't know this, and you might not know this, Josh, but this is a rule that is different in the Premier League to in the Champions League, World Cup, any UEFA competition, in that the linesmen have been told to flag as usual if they think a player is offside... And it's up to the referee not to blow his whistle. Mm. However, in the Champions League, the linesmen are told not to flag, watch the play go on, and then raise their flag at the end of that play. It's just Englishmen being difficult, isn't it? Yeah. I don't understand why it's different. Mm. Our top referees, I say top referees in inverted commas, by the way, um, our top referees have been refereeing in the Champions League with VAR for the last season. Okay, so why change the rules? And they're going to be refereeing in the Champions League this season. Why change the rules? Why not just comply with what's going on with UEFA and then it's seamless? It's just, it's not a seamless transition because there's still things to be ironed out. But maybe it's we as have close have, as possible. Maybe we have to have a different rule because of Brexit. Brexit. Maybe rules. they've just singled us out and gone no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bloody Fuck Europeans. No, I'm joking. Don't right. need them. Um. So that that one for me was a, a little bit weird, but Fabian Share leveled it. Classic Share started and ended the move. Three million quid, by the way. I'm just going to keep mentioning this time. 
But should the goal have stood? Don't know if you've seen this. Was it on Merchant? It came of the day? off Hayden's hand. Oh. Oh yeah. And well, if it came off his hand, the rule is it's. Uh... Why didn't VAR rule the goal out? Well, you probably don't give a shit. I no, so. I'm happy that they didn't. However, this is the problem, right? The people at Stockley Park, they're not overturning referees' decisions. They're not doing their job. Mm-hmm. And at this moment in time, it's those people that are the problem. In rugby or cricket, when there's multiple matches being played at the same time, is the person that is the video assistant referee, are they in the stadium? Oh, yeah, so the uh, the in cricket you have your two umpires on the pitch, you have the your third umpire who also mans the... So he is, like, one of the top umpires. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he is in the stadium... And when he's making his decision, his voice is boomed out around the ground. Uh-huh. So even if the ground doesn't have the facility to play the replays, you can hear him saying... Well, that's like... Uh, is it... Um, no, it's Old Trafford. It doesn't have a screen, so they talk it out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't understand why that wasn't... Uh, why that wasn't so do they out. have one set of... Yeah, they obviously they have four people for one match. They don't have, like, four people, like, frantically going between all the games. Well, this is what I don't understand. Yeah. Why not have, just have them in the stadium? Why not have a sixth official? Yeah. Or a fifth, fifth and sixth official at the games? Um, Isaac's success missed a great chance to put Watford... He's been booted on. off of... He was number 10 last year. Was he? Yeah. He's 22 now. Who's well, number 10? Welbeck. Bastard. That's probably in his. Um, you have to pay me four billion pounds <laughs> for me to sign because I'm an international class striker. Yeah. Uh, so Isaac success missed a good chance, but Muto also missed a good chance. Mm-hmm. Why he ran in a fucking straight line? I will I have absolutely no idea. Can't see where he's going. Uh, <laughs> maybe yeah, I should you, cut that out. You might have to edit that um, out. <laughs> I don't no, know where that came from. Um, can't be asked. Uh, <laughs> only, you know, I've only edited out twice, and they're yeah. both things that I've said. No, um, no, you edited one thing out of mine. It was <laughs> to do with armbands, yeah. but I'm not going to say what about that. Uh, I can't even remember that. Um, terrible game, one-one, kind of telling of the two bottom teams in the league. I would mm-hmm. say. Um, anything else to say on that game? Let's move on. Thank fuck for that. Uh, Man City four, Brighton nil. Sergio Aguero has now scored ninety-eight goals at the Etihad. Only Wayne Rooney at Old Trafford and Thierry Henry at Highbury have scored more. At a single venue in the competition's history, he's also scored in every Premier League game so far, and has scored with his last seven shots on target in the Premier League. Wow, that is impressive! And now I've got a even more impressive stat, which would be a contender for me for start of the week, and I'm going to give it to you. Uh, in the last eighty Premier League matches, mm-hmm. Manchester City have scored two hundred and fifteen goals. Aye, that's pretty good. That is. Ridiculous. Yeah. That's th- I think three point three goals per game or something. No, yeah. two point two point five goals per game or something. Yeah, that's really quite good. Uh that's mad. Um, De Bruyne scored after seventy one seconds. Bad start for Brighton. Yeah, it um, really made me laugh that they'd come out and said we've been working on this master plan all week and it, it lasted seventy one yeah. seconds. Um, Aguero scored again, and the second in particular was very very good. Mm. Um, and Bernardo capped it off. 20 seconds after coming on. Do you think that De Bruyne has kind of picked up the form of that he had two years ago? Oh, he's just... He's unreal, isn't he? He, he ran the show. 
He absolutely, absolutely ran the show. You'd never see a defender anywhere near him. No. He's, he just finds space. Maybe he's claustrophobic. He just, like, stays away from... <laughs> yeah. Um, he was definitely bullied at school. Definitely. So ginger. Um, Laporte went off with a knee injury. Big miss? Yeah. I'm Obviously, I'm not going to apportion all the blame onto Laporte for his own injury... But there's a massive technical deficiency with the way he made that tackle. Yeah, so was, I think he was unlucky rather than yeah, definitely. It was his fault. the the only the only way I the only thing I can sort of describe it to is some rugby players tackle with their head on the wrong side. Uh-huh. So say you go to tackle someone and you use your right shoulder, your head goes to the left yeah. of the player. But some players tackle with their right shoulder and get their head like so. Then obviously when they fall to the ground, yeah. and it was a bit like that. Because if he tackled with his left leg, he probably wouldn't have fucked his knee. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to be a, a canny miss. Like, although I think... It could. John Stone's coming in, I don't think is a massive down However, I mean, it could if they be, can't stay fit... Yeah, it could be title deciding, depending on how long it is. Yes, definitely. Um, Brighton had a couple of chances and Trossard missed a couple of chances. Um, but they were kind of... I mean, they were powerless to City's they've, relentless battering of their goal, I would say. They've never won an, an away game against Man City. That doesn't surprise me at all. Um, do you think they were naive tactically? No, I actually thought they were quite good tactically. It was just Man City were better. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I thought that the that his decision not to play Duffy was a little bit naive. Yeah. Well, I, so I listened back... I had to go back and listen to this twice because they asked... Pep, what he thought of how they played, and he said, "Oh, I really enjoy it when teams when teams play like this." Yeah. And I thought that was because, oh, they just made it easy for us. But actually, what he no, meant he... was he had to go and analyze what they did because it was actually it was different to what they thought was going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, I I really like Graham Potter. Yeah, I, don't know why. I know. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, over the last few weeks. Um, I think it, I just felt bad because I forgot he existed and just assumed it was Chris Hewton. <laughs> he does look like a school PE teacher though in his outfit. He... Definitely does. He looks like the fucking beigeest man ever. Yeah. He loves a wedding buffet. Who <laughs> um, do I fucking love a wedding buffet? Um, Brighton is 16th on four points with Burnley, Southampton, Bournemouth, Newcastle. Um, Half the teams in the league. Yeah, but they're kind of the teams that I would expect them to be around at the end of the season. Yeah. Um. I think the league is starting to take shape a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Newcastle near the bottom. Interesting. Yeah, well, consistently in 14th. I will take that at the end of the season, definitely. Um, next game. Uh, West Ham 2. Norwich 0. Is that right? Uh, well, it was 2, but it could have been about 22. Um, My God. <laughs> Haller is only the fourth player to score as many as three goals in his first three Premier League appearances for West Ham after looking for three players. Paolo Di Canio. No. Freddie Canute. No. Am I anywhere near? Andy Carroll. No. Um, Jermaine Defoe. No. Are they all strikers? They are. All strikers. Teddy. One of them you could say was a Carlos Tevez. striker. No. Um... Are they recent or not really? Um, one of them is fairly recent. Fairly recent. Two of them... Chikorito? Nope. Oh, well, I say recent, I mean in the last ten years. Okay. 
Um, Carlton Cole. No. Are any of them English? Yes, two. Teddy Sheringham. No. I already said him, didn't I? Uh, Bobby Zamora. No. Am I anywhere near with any of these guesses? Trevor Sinclair. He's not a striker. He a I said you could you could say he was a winger <laughs> yeah. as well. Ian Wright. I didn't know he played for them. And Denver Barr. I didn't know he played for them either. Um, tackle on Zimmerman. I mean, it was nasty, but it wasn't a red card. No. Uh, I think that's as close to being a red card without actually being a red card. But then Daniel Farker was like, oh, the reason they scored the first goal is because my player was too injured. Take him off. Take him off. <laughs> Idiot. Um, my my um, player was so injured that he couldn't... Uh, couldn't sprint back and have you been practicing they scored the goal no I actually haven't I've just feeling a bit more confident he is very camp also his interview on Saturday was very funny I listened to it on uh, on the radio on the way at my gig and uh, he spoke so fast without any breaks there was no punctuation in his (laughs) sentence and uh, the the reporter was obviously being like oh I need to cut back to the studio and uh, he just carried on going it was quite impressive have you seen Yarmolenko's goal celebration where he runs over to the physio team yeah. and gives them all a big hug? Well, when you're out for 10 months. Yeah, 349 uh, days between his second and third goal for West Ham. Bloody hell. Um, I thought, by the way, just going back to the first goal for a second, what an assist by Masuaku. Uh, yes. Um, I'm delighted for Yarmolenko, I have to say. Um, should, right, another big VR call. Wasn't overturned. They didn't, they didn't even look at it, did they? Nope. Haller. Right, the ref is about as close as I am to the door, and he's done, like, the most dramatic wave of the arms. No penalty. <laughs> Are you fucking blind? Two players took him out, and he didn't get a penalty. It was oh. uh, pretty uh, conclusive. When you see the replay... It was pretty conclusive. I mean, Daniel Farker was said he was frustrated with VAR after the game, but like, I don't think it would have changed. One would have changed the result, and two, West Ham would have won by fucking more goals. Yeah, exactly. Uh, although I thought Tim Krull was very, very good. Yeah. Um, did he make your team of the week? He did. The yes. End? Yeah. You persuaded me to keep him in. Yeah, he was very good. Uh, I have to say, West Ham, as as disappointing as Norwich were, I thought West Ham were playing like a team that. Could push for top six. Ah, interesting. I, that's going to happen to Norwich a lot away from home. Yeah. They just have to win enough games, basically. They're not, I'd be surprised if they draw more than five games. You think they'll either get battered or they'll win? Yeah. Um, interesting, interesting. All right, then. Uh, on to the final three o'clock kickoff on Saturday. It was Leicester three, Bournemouth one. Um, Jamie Vardy's been directly involved in 14 goals in 14 Premier League games under Brendan Rodgers. That's 12 goals and two assists. Uh, and he started with a fantastic goal. I mean, the keeper was in absolute no-man's land. He was. But, I mean... What a pass by Chilwell, by the yeah. way. I know we can't overlook that. It was so good. I'm a little bit gutted Vardy's not available for England. Yeah, I know what you mean. But he said he would... He said he would uh, he would come back if he uh, if he was if needed. He, yeah, I mean it's not going to happen, is it? Probably not. Uh, the England striker, arguably that's replaced him uh, in the starting lineup uh, in the England squad, anyway, uh, is Callum Wilson. He mm-hmm. scored for Bournemouth to equalise. Tielemans then put in uh, 
4-2-1. Not the cleanest of finish. Well, he did his best to miss, basically. He did, yeah. However, uh, then T. Elements, I think it was on Wilson, um, there was a tackle. Yeah, this is a difficult one because for me, it wasn't intentional in the slight. It is a nasty challenge, but there's... Net, like if you if you look at when the tackle's being made, he's actually not looking. He's he's like yeah. his head's. Oh, it's a really difficult one. I think it was a Stormwall red card. Yes, so do I. And I think that if VAR isn't going to overturn something like that, mm-hmm. if the officials aren't going to overturn something like that, then oh, it's a, it's a leg breaker. Isn't yeah, it? then what's what's the point? I don't. I've never understood managers, players. I've never understood the phrase. He's not that type of player. Does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. You can be, you cannot be that type of player and still make that tackle. Like, you can still break someone's leg accidentally. Look at the Eduardo injury. Ooh. I know that that was a, that was a bad, bad, that's bad the first, tackle. That's the first time I ever felt sick. Yeah. Looking at I just tackle. didn't watch it. I I watched it. I think twice, and then. And, you know, he didn't mean to fucking double leg break his leg. Yeah. But it just happened, and it was an accident. I think... Do you think there, it would be interesting, wouldn't it, if they had a rule where T. Element had to leave the field, but they could bring someone else on to replace him? Because, like, that's... I know that, that's something they chatted about, that's isn't interesting. it? interesting. I've yeah. never heard of that before. Yeah. Um, that might be something they've chatted about in rugby for a, an event that's, like... Like all the mitigating, like it, all the factors add up to a red card, but it wasn't carried out with malice or intention. Yeah. Um, there was another tackle as well, Jefferson Lerma on uh, on Evan on Johnny Evans. Um, yeah, I've only written here. Also, like, it was sort of similar, wasn't it? But I thought for me. Lerma wins the ball. Yeah. And that's the difference. Yeah. He he wins the ball and goes through and the go th- and the go through is accidental. Obviously I mean T Elements is accidental as well, but if you win the ball and then go through, I mean we've all played football before, we know what can happen with momentum. You know, it's one of them, like it's fifty fifty, that to me is not an overturned decision. Some people say that's a red card, some people won't. To me that's not. Mm-hmm. Um then Callum Wilson was carded for simulation. I've written here correctly. Do you think? Yeah. You see, again, this is another 50-50. I've, I've written, not sure, it looks clumsy, but 50, again, a 50-50 call. Mm, I just thought he was looking for it. Um, yeah, I would say so. I would say he's probably looking for it. You've seen them given. Yeah. It's probably the same as Kane last week. If that's given, people aren't probably complaining mm-hmm. about it. However, it wasn't, so it's not going to be overturned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Vardy sealed the win. Um, he won your Player of the Week this he week. Did. Um, his work rate and effort was excellent. Just tell me about Vardy in general, in his performance. Uh, well, the last few Leicester managers have basically tried to get rid of him, haven't they? Yeah. And he's still got the pace, he's still got the desire. He must be terrible to play against because you just feel like he's going to fucking deck you the whole yeah, time yeah. although he got interviewed after the game and I'd forgotten what he sounded like and it yeah. was funny again dead like <laughs> dead nasal isn't it yeah uh, nah. anything else to say on that game Eddie Howe is the longest serving Premier League manager yes mm. craziness he won't be seen that is very true Um. final game on Saturday 
was Burnley nil, Liverpool 3. Uh, Roberto Firmino has become the first Brazilian to score 50 Premier League goals. He's the ninth player to reach the milestone for Liverpool and no other club has had more to mm. level with Manchester United. Uh, Nick Pope had a brilliant first half hour, I thought, and Burnley, and Burnley as well, actually, had a pretty good f- first half hour as well. It, they were undone by a fluky goal. Yeah, freak own goal. Harsh on Chris Wood. Yeah, but I mean, technically, it is an own goal, isn't it? So, <laughs> it uh, remind the trajectory of the ball very much reminded me of Ronaldinho yes. against England in the two thousand two World Cup. Certainly, and uh, and Nick Pope reminded me of David Seaman. And then the Pope. Rem- That's odd that the Pope reminded me of Seaman. <laughs> um, Goes hand in hand. Well, literally. Probably goes elsewhere too. <laughs> uh, and then they completely compounded that error. Well, they compounded that by me. Ben Mee just gave the ball away. Oh, and then, yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, dearie, so dearie me. Um, you know, they could have gotten back, and into, back into it as well. In the second half, I thought they played really well up until the third goal went in. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were very close on a couple of occasions with uh, Ashley Barnes. And I think uh, maybe it was... Either Goodmanson or Lennon. Uh, Goodmanson's injured, so, so maybe it was Lennon. Lennon. Um, Firmino, uh, he's probably the player that uh, is the least sort of spoken about in that Liverpool front three. And probably the one that's the happiest at the moment. Yeah, we'll talk about yeah. that in a second. Um, how important is he to Liverpool? Do you think very? He's the sort. He's probably of the front three. He's probably the one that's given the least attention, but that's sort of to his benefit because we've seen actually when he's not played how they they struggle actually. Yeah, and I think that nobody. I can't think of anybody in the league um, that does like the same job that he does. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, sort of that false nine. Yeah, he's type tired. role. Um, no, you're just boring me. <laughs> Said every listener. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we haven't talked about Michael Owen, but we'll talk about that at some point because that's fucking hilarious. Uh, I'm just trying to find this stat on um, on Mane and Firmino and Salah. Is it how many goals they've scored since the start of seventeen eighteen? It is not that. Okay. But are you going to tell me that? Well, that's my stat of the week. Okay, let's not so, do that then. Yeah. Um, it it was going to be that um, Mane was not very happy, to say the least. Oh, is it the amount of chances they've created for each other? Yes. So, um, Mane has created 43 for Salah since the start of last season, I think. Uh But Salah has only created 25 for Mane. He was not very happy, I think, think the fact that he didn't pass the ball. And also, when you actually looked at the amount of times that Salah could have passed the ball to Mane, you did wonder... Yeah, he's a selfish bastard, isn't he? He can be. I mean, you you get it if he has a clear shot on goal and makes a good effort of it, but half the time he didn't. He was just swinging his foot at it yeah, when yeah, there was yeah. a lot of players between him and the goal. It was a bit of a weird... Uh, a bit weird to see Mane go at it like that on the bench, though. Ah, uh, quite like that. Yeah. Bit of, bit of fire. Have you seen the James Milner tweet? No. Where he put, um, the real reason that Mane reacted like this is because he was so annoyed that I wasn't being brought on. <laughs> And the picture just a mark of Do you think Burnley are in a better place than they were this time last year? Yeah, 100%. 
I mean, they've lost 3-0, but the scoreline... They've won one, hmm. drawn one, and lost two. They've lost to Arsenal and Liverpool, games they probably expect to lose. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. You think they'll be happy with the, the way they've started, especially the way that they've played? I thought they, cause they, I thought they played quite well on Saturday, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, anything else to say on that game? Uh, no. We'll do your start of the week at the end. Start of the week at the end. Um, right, on to Sunday. Only two games on Sunday. Um, it was Everton 3, Wolves 2 that started off our Super Sunday. It was Super Sunday this weekend. Uh, Everton hadn't conceded at home in the Premier League for six games. That's nine hours. Mm-hmm. Since the start of March, since Gabriel Jesus scored for Man City on the February the 6th. And since then... John, Fick- John Pickford saved all 14 shots on target that he's faced at Goodison Park. Which is pretty good. Um, Connor Cody and Rui Patricio. It was hilarious. It was... Ma- Bear in mind they've played this season already, like, 10 games together. I can't, I can't believe that they've... Uh... Well, Cody was sort of looking at him saying, are you coming? And then looked down and passed the ball without looking... <laughs> <laughs> it was it's why Connor Cody's so not getting well. an England call up because he has moments of utter, I completely utter madness. Agree. However, I have to say a credit to Moist Keen for following in. What are you doing? I was going to say something, but then you said something that I wasn't expecting you to say, so it became what did not you think appropriate. I, was say? I don't know. Well, I thought you were going to say something along the lines of Marco Silva's closer to finding balance within his team. I was not going to say that. No. Oh. Um, <laughs> Adama... well, we'll, we'll carry on where we were going. <laughs> we will talk about that in a second, though. Adama Traore um, with a brilliant assist for Sice, um, but a good header by Wolby from a brilliant assist again, mm-hmm. this time from Sigurdsson. Wolves' defence a little bit all over the place, is that kind of to do with the being a bit tired? Or... So, so there is, was that their 10th competitive game? I, I think 10th so. or 11th. Because they've played six in the Europa League, four in the Premier League. Has there been a round of EFL Cup? He hasn't, yeah, they didn't play. They them. didn't play, yeah, so ten. I think they're actually managing the amount of games well, but what they're suffering from isn't too many games. It's just the rotation they're having to put in. Because last year they had really minimal rotation, didn't yeah. they? And he'd made five changes from the... the least amount of players in the league. They'd made five changes from the week before. So um, I just think those sort of... That that playing bond that you naturally get from playing together all the time is maybe just suffering a little bit. Yeah, I would agree with little that. Little lapses and, in concentration. And their defensive performance was kind of summed up. Although I, I don't think Everton were particularly good at the back either, I have to say, especially um, no. for the Jimenez goal. Um, but I thought that their, um, their defensive display was compounded by Willy Bolly just being terrible. I mean, the fact that literally about five minutes before he was sent off, he headed the ball back into his own penalty area from a corner, nearly helping Everton score again, I thought was basically summed yeah, up his performance. It's just a bit silly. Because um, now they have, to red make, card? They'll, they have to make another change now because he's suspended for the next game. Yeah, I mean, if he wanted a break, why not just ask the manager instead of getting yourself sent well, it's off? international week, so... <laughs> Is this what Everton can do, or were they just playing a tired and poor? I think side? they were a lot better balanced. I think that 
Because they had they had Richarlison playing out on the right, it won't be off the left. Yeah, who I thought played quite well. Yeah, Sigurdsson through the middle and Moist Keane. We've really got to stop calling him that <laughs> up top. And I just think they had the balance because Iwobi's quite a direct player. Keane's quite a direct player. Sigurdsson is more of a creative player. Richarlison's sort of a blend of both. And it just rather than because the last few games you'd either have all the direct players on at once or all the creative players yeah. on at once. So uh, Delph as well played a whole game. He actually looked really good. Eight million, I'd say that's a bit of a steal. It is if he can stay fit. Yeah, hundred percent. I think they just need they need uh, the wide players to help out a little bit more defensively, and then yeah, they they could do tear up some trees in terms of results with that with that starting eleven. Well, two wins, one draw, and one loss before the international break. Seven points, pretty good. Notoriously um, slow starters, Everton as well. They are. I. The, I mean, obviously they scored three at the weekend. No goals from their recognised striker. I just wonder if they can carry on scoring goals across the season. That's the thing I worry about for them, as we've said in recent weeks mm. as well. Um, anything more on that game? No. Um, our final game of the weekend was Arsenal 2, Spurs 2, which you predicted correctly. Um, I think I got Leic- the Leicester score right as well, didn't I? I think you did. I think we both got a couple of scores right this weekend. Fucking hell, that makes a change. I know, it's madness, isn't it? It is um, indeed. Or the Premier League's becoming predictable, so no one ever. Um, Arsenal boss Unai Emery had won all four of his home games against Maurizio Pochettino, winning three games with Valencia against Espanyol between 2009-2010. And 2011-2012. And then with Arsenal last season, before um, this weekend, uh, Leno's mistake let Eriksen score on 10 minutes. Um, but I thought that even though Leno's taken a bit of criticism, his save from Son was brilliant not long after. But I think Leno's taken criticism, whereas I think that Socrates maybe needs to take a little bit as well. Yeah, it was just very easy for Spurs to get in behind. Yeah, Look, I mean, to me, I was watching it and I was like, you know, Lamella's on his right foot here. Mm-hmm. No problem. Arsenal should deal with this fine. And they didn't. And that, I think, is the problem. Was that Spurs kind of got the goal from nothing. And Arsenal's defence, I think, thought the same. They were like, oh, well, it'll be fine. Lamella's just going to shoot. And none of them really were switched on. Mm-hmm. And... I think we said it last week on the podcast, you said it last week. They're not going to win anything with this defence. I think one player sorts out that defence. One central defender sorts out that defence for me. It's it's a very interesting time for Arsenal. They're in a transition period still. Mm-hmm. They do play some really good football. And they played some very good football in the second half before they started being all scrappy. Shaka mm-hmm. um, on Son penalty... Really asking me, Shaka. Right, I think they need to get rid. Like he's he, is he their captain? Uh, I think he is. He he captain some games. I don't think he's club captain. They they sold Monreal last week. Yeah, I know. What? (laughs) Do you think it could have been a red? He needs. He is far too experienced to be making a tackle like that. Yeah, I agree. And then he. 
He was complaining. Yeah, I know. I couldn't believe that. Do you think? Do you think it could have been a red, oh or do you think God. the yellow was fair? No, yellow was fair. It's just I can't believe that at any point in that thought process he he's gone. Do you know what? Leaving the ground to make a slide tackle in the box is really going to go well yeah. for me. So Spurs were two 0 up, but just before the break, Lacazette scored, um, and that spurred on Arsenal. Forgive the pun. Um, Great finish, I thought. Mm-hmm. But like I said, uh, I haven't seen a replay of the Danny Rose potential handball just before. No, but, I think um, it was just they didn't need to look at it, did they? No, I've just no, written no, here. Uh, Lacazette claws one back after a period of chaotic play. Right? Why was Davinson Sanchez playing right back? Because they haven't got anyone else. But Alderweireld can play right back. Yeah, but I think he's such a wise head all the yeah. if they don't play him at the back they look shaky especially against Lacazette by my own Kane smashed the post in the second half they were very unlucky um, but he's now the joint highest scorer in the North London derby he's got 10 in 12 games versus Arsenal that's so good that's so good but it's 50 years since Spurs beat Arsenal in September oh really it is yeah. um, but my Player of the weekend was uh, Matteo Guendouzi. I thought he was unbelievable on Sunday. Uh, he showed in that game. He showed that he has the potential to have everything. Like he controlled the midfield. He made Harry Winks look like he wasn't even on the pitch, um, and provided a brilliant assist for uh, brilliant like eye for the assist for a mm-hmm. Bamiang's goal. I thought. Um, which was also a great finish. He's just been way. called into the France squad as well. Has he? He's re- replaced Pogba, who's pulled out with an injury. Well, Fucking hell, United players pulling out left, right and centre here. Um, Arsenal probably should have won it, but they got a bit panicky in the last 10 minutes, I would say, and stopped doing what they were doing so well just before that, which was kind of being nice and calm. And I think Cabellos came on and calmed um, them down, and but also spurred them on to... Give a little bit more, and I thought it was interesting. Have you seen his challenge on Deli Alley? I haven't. So uh, Spurs had a free kick out on the left, and nowhere near the ball. He just basically rugby tackled Deli Alley to the ground. Oh, really? No one went and looked back. I think it was just outside the box, so it wasn't going to be a yeah. penalty. But I mean, oh, I Alley's just it. like on the floor. Like I mean, the ref didn't see it. VAR didn't even pick I it d- up. I didn't pick that yeah, up. Yeah, very amusing. Um, I thought it was a really good game, though. Yeah, they uh, always are. North London derbies always they are. They are. And I thought it was interesting on... Maybe it was on Match of the Day or Sky, I can't remember. Um, they were they said, uh, because you score first doesn't mean you're going to win this game. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Arsenal... Um, Spurs, after having like a kind of dour few performances, especially against Newcastle, not great against Man City, I thought not amazing, but not brilliant against Arsenal as well. Five points from four games, will they be disappointed with that? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they're in a transition period. Yeah, I would say so as well. Uh, Arsenal, um, two points ahead of them. Two oh, 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 Bolton. Fucking Bradford. <laughs> um, Arsenal, two wins, one draw, one loss from four games. Oh, it's a six. That it's is a, good a header. shocking goal to concede. But, uh, yeah, not great. I'd have saved that if I was in goal. Um, Arsenal, sorry, Arsenal, four games, two wins, one draw, one loss. Fairly happy with They're sort of at that. a similar, similar stage, aren't they, in terms of they're both 
both going through little bits of transition. Yeah. I wouldn't... You know what? I think Arsenal... Spurs have just moved stadiums. Arsenal moved stadiums about 10 years ago. I would say Arsenal were in a better place, like in a better position when they moved stadiums. Yeah. But I think now is the time for Arsenal to say, okay, in January, we're going to buy our centre-half and then next summer, we're going to really work on this team, work on this core of players, get rid of the people like Xhaka that aren't aren't working. I think Monreal was maybe the start of that, getting mm-hmm. rid of the old guard yeah. and kind of bringing this new Maitland-Niles, Willock, um, Reese Nelson in um, and, and, and giving them a bit more of a chance. And I think that it's going to be interesting to see where Arsenal are next in next summer. If they can get Champions League football this year, I really think they can kick on next year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very, very, very interesting, to say the least. All right, your start of the week is from the Liverpool game. Start of the week, so... I think this is right. Since the start of the 2017-2018 season, Mane, Salah and Firmino have started 115 games. Obviously not just in the Premier League. Yeah. They've started 115 games together. Wow. And in that that amount of game time, they've scored 169 goals between them. That's very good. I don't think most teams have scored 169 goals. Yeah, I don't think Newcastle have. Games. I don't think Newcastle have scored as many goals as they've played games. Getting some banging stats out here. Look, it's Michael Owen. That's a good stat. Where's um, Michael Owen? He was in the was top row, second from left. Not bad. Um, England. It's it's National Boarding Week this week. Who are we playing first? We are playing Bulgaria first. Away or at home? Uh, I'm not sure. Sure, the Luke. We can have a look. Um, I thought that you weren't far away with your predictions, to be fair. No Walker, um, but I assume you'll get called up oh, now. Yeah, but he, uh, he's been told he's up. first choice. It's just they want to look at the other options. Fair. So, um, Jaden Sancho's interview the other day was uh, very good. If you've seen it, he talked about having... Uh, he's been able to play his natural game in Germany because of the lack of media kind of putting pressure mm-hmm. on him, which is... Very good. Do you think we'll see more players oh, doing that? We're at home for both games. Do you think we'll see players like Phil Foden maybe leaving Manchester City if he's not... I, on a, if, he, if he doesn't play 45 games this season, then yeah. I think it'd be I think it'd be a great signing for someone like Borussia Dortmund, Mason Mount. Yeah. Uh, not Mason Mount, um, Phil Foden. Um, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is probably one of the um, names that we weren't expecting to be in that squad. Deserved? So happy. Yeah, I'm pleased so for him. happy. Well, Southgate said, he said in his um, conference, uh, press conference that if Oxlade-Chamberlain had been fit, he would have been starting 11 at the World Cup. Um, the only other surprise, really, was um, Tyrone Mings getting a call-up. He thought it was a joke. Uh, he did. Seen a tweet where someone was like, "Yeah, so I did the rest of the country." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unreal, um, unreal. Uh, I don't get, understand. Sorry, to he's a left-sided centre half. We don't have any yeah. other. Yeah, so. And if he wants to play five. Yeah, I don't think he will in these games. There's absolutely no point in no. these games. I don't understand how Jesse Lingard still gets a call up. <laughs> uh, I know. 
Because have you seen his statistics for Manchester United over the last like year? He hasn't assisted one goal. This was brought up to Southgate and he said in his last four England games he scored two and assisted two. I don't give a shit. Yeah. He hasn't deserved to get called up. He hasn't deserved to get called up. Yeah. Um, he did score a screamer in the World Cup, mind. Um, it's nice to see across the squad a general um, vision of youth. I would say yes, um, and it kind of makes me that. I mean that midfield: Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Ross Barkley, Mason Mount, Ross Barkley, Ross the Thirty, James Madison, Mason Mount, Declan Rice. I mean, all of those midfielders minus Jordan Henderson and Harry Winks makes me excited. Uh huh. Hendo's great though. Like, a lot of love for Hendo. I've no. Have you not seen? Um, the other week, you know, Damien Camoli, who's head of football at uh, Liverpool, uh-huh. he got fired on the basis that Jordan Henderson signing was a flop. And now, obviously, like, four years later, that's hilarious because he's now a Champions League winning captain. Yeah. Um, Doesn't make him any good. I think the biggest thing about these games is getting James Madison game time. Yes. I don't think he'll start the first game. I think he'll start the second game. Yeah, no, I agree. I would love to see a midfield three of Oxlade-Chamberlain, Rice and Barkley. On Saturday. Yes, I would like to see that. And it will well. probably be Kane, Sterling, and Sancho up top. If it's not that, riots, I'll tell you. But I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with it not being Kane, but he's. Uh, yeah, well, maybe so, Wilson. But... Um, and then Madison off the bench. And then. In the I'd like to see Mason Mount get some minutes as well. I think, yeah. he's, been, I think he's deserved it for his, his time with Chelsea. I mean, of. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be too routine. If England don't win these games... I mean, we've scored five in our last two games. Uh-huh. Why not score... Oh, oh, no, no, sorry. Taking taking the Nations League out of it. Uh-huh. Our last two qualifiers, we won. We scored five in both, so why not let's go for five in both? Yeah, again? no, I agree. Um, all right, then. Zero to hero time. Uh, it's your turn to, to, to do zero. My first. zero nominations are I've gone for Mane and Salah as a combined nomination. Okay. For, uh, just causing a bit of an unnecessary rift. I mean, it was hilarious to watch. Thank you for the theatre. Uh, VAR. Yeah. Kevin Friend. Yeah. For shit decision. Uh, Man United for continuing to be appalling. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, it's been like six years now. Like my mate is a Man United fan. He's just getting so fed up. I know Kobe is as well. He's getting so fed up. Uh, Granite Shaka for being a tit and conceding a penalty. Harry Kane for a bit of a needless dive. We didn't really talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no. Sort of fell over. I think he was anticip. He was anticipating contact that never arrived. Yeah. It's like don't do that. Uh, and Willy Bolly. For being an idiot, but I'm gonna go for Kevin Friend as my winner. Just worst refereeing decision I've ever seen. Yeah, it was one of the worst ever. So I've gone for um, Trezeguet for a stupid sending off for Aston Villa. Chelsea's defence for being a bit shit. Um, Any normal week. For me, VAR and referees would have won. And they're but they're in my nominations this week. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer 
is in for his team's performance, but also the Sanchez situation. Mm-hmm. Letting them go, paying him 175k a week to go and play for another team is madness. Yeah, I would agree with that. And Paul Pogba for being Paul Pogba, of course. Classic. But my winner this week is Italian football. Yeah, they've made some absolutely mega signings, haven't they? Well, not for their mega signings, but obviously for what happened on Sunday night with Romelu Lukaku. I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, uh, yeah. Another, another spout of racism from the Cagliari fans. Why they just expel um, them from the league? Exactly. So that is why Italian football is my loser of the week. Uh, is my zero loser or winner or whatever you want to call it it's just um, a fucking, it's a shit, fucking show. shit show over there at the moment it's a disgrace and do you know it was made even worse by last year was it uh, who was the manager at Juve Allegri and yeah. Bonucci saying it was Moise Keane's own fault yeah I know I know they should have been banned for that yeah um, so my turn to do hero uh, my nominees this week um, as I said last week I normally only have three nominations but there were so many zeros this week that I couldn't. I couldn't only have three. Um, my hero. I have no limits. My heroes this week. No, you don't. Um, Sheffield United for a brilliant comeback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel James for another goal, brilliant and a and a fairly good performance as well. Um, West Ham and Pellegrini. I have to say this week, even though there were a lot of zero nominees, I have to say that there was a standout winner for me for zero nominees. For heroes, not so much. This yeah. Week. But my hero winner this week is Paris Saint-Germain. Because they've signed some fucking class players. Yeah, who, and they haven't who broken the bank to do it. They got Icardi on, a, on, a on loan. Keylor Navas. They've signed for 13 million. So Absolute steal. They've done some unbelievable transfer business this summer. And they've kept Neymar. Which I think is very good for them. And Mbappe. They are is injured. Yeah, I know, but they've kept him. They are serious. Yeah, break your leg. Um, They are serious Champions League contenders this season. Mm -hmm. Famous last words. Your heroes? My hero nominations are Sergio Aguero for just continuing to bang the goals in. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Firmino for becoming the first Brazilian to 50 Premier League goals. Jamie yeah. Vardy for continuing to show that he's a pre- uh, Premier League standard centre forward. Daniel James for the reasons you said before. I've written here Richarlison for scoring two goals, but um, that was probably me being generous. But my winner this week for notching up 500 games in club management is Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers. And he's doing an absolutely class job at Leicester as well. They're going to finish in the top six. <sighs> There'll be a lot of people that listen to this podcast that agree with you, I have to say. Oh, Ollie was asking when he can come on next. I said, we'll wait for Leicester to go on a shit run. Yes, we're, that's what we're, exactly what we're waiting for. Uh, I'll tell you what, we're, so we're going to have our podcast from Portugal next week, and then the week after we're going to have Should we do our, it while watching the England game? I mean, we could do a Jaff Pod Live on Jaff Instagram. Jaff Pod Live. Um, off England. Well, yeah, we could. Um, the So... Do our thing from Portugal next week, and then the week after we're going to have our first guest of the season. Who is it? Uh, Joey Pollard is going to be on. At Josinho. I've not seen him in ages. Uh, He's going to come on the podcast. Uh, It's Newcastle versus Liverpool that weekend, hence why he's coming on. Uh, He is a Liverpool supporter. So um, 
that's very exciting. We're going to have our first I love having visit of the season. I literally have to do sod all. Well, it so. means that I don't have to... Uh, I can just ask questions and I don't have to talk. Yeah. Um, so, our last bit of business, while I accidentally turned the recording off... Uh, Jackpot in three parts. Jackpot in three parts this evening after a little mini toilet break in the middle. Um our last piece of business is JB's tiny tip. Again, was terrible last week, but I'm uh, well, I happy to. I predicted Sheffield United to beat Chelsea. You weren't far away, to weren't be fair. Away. To be fair, you can't predict a draw, can you? That's a bit boring. <laughs> uh, England to score more than four point five against Bulgaria, sort of thing. Yeah, we can do that. Um, England, uh, we can do like over 4.5 goals in the game, 5 to 2. Mm. It's not brilliant. No, but it might be a safe bet. Or we could do. Uh, oh, I can do. Actually, sorry. England and over 4.5 goals, 21 to 10. That's even worse. Yeah. Can we do an accumulator? We can. You want to do an accumulator? Yeah. Okay. I only found out that Ackers went accumulator very recently. You're a fucking spack yeah, I was like, why are they talking about Ackers on the TV? <laughs> I thought they just missed off the word Marat. So are you... Uh, so, <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> um, so are you going to do England accumulator or should just do, general... Should do like a home nations accumulator? Oh, okay. All right. So yeah. England to beat Bulgaria. Yeah. Um, let me just get I, I have to do it by day so oh do they have to all be playing on the same day no no they don't yeah. all have to be playing I'll on the same day I'll help you find the fixtures same day. if you like um, uh, Scotland versus Russia what day is that on Friday Ooh, who's at home Scotland, Scotland. draw draw uh, Wales Azerbaijan Wales Wales and Republic of Ireland playing Switzerland on the Thursday. On Thursday. Uh, no, a Northern Ireland Luxembourg. Uh, Northern Ireland. Yeah. Then Republic of Ireland draw with Switzerland. Okay, two to one for a draw. So that altogether is seventeen point oh six to one. If this comes in, Josh Bentley. Maybe we need to start doing accumulators. Well, maybe you can start doing accumulators. Yeah. Um, anything more to say this week? I need to go make my dinner because I'm very hungry. Yes, and uh, I'm going to... What am I having? You, I hear you say... No, pasta uh, again. Yeah, pasta again. Yeah. Classic. Um, that was good fun. There was lots to talk about. It's going to be a little bit less next week because it's fucking boring. Should we do like a 20 minute episode? Yeah, five minute episode. Yeah. Um, well, thank you very much. It's okay. And we'll see you all oh, this time next week. We'll be on holiday. We actually will. <laughs> Definitely not no. that. Um, but we'll be back next week. I think England plays Saturday and Tuesday. Is that uh, right? That is correct. So there'll be a podcast on maybe during the game or maybe on Wednesday we'll see we shall see we'll see Um, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you all next week bye